everyone, and welcome to a better late than never edition of ARG Presents. I'm your good friend, your good buddy, Amigo Aaron, joined by a man I literally pulled from the morgue. I give you the half-dead Brent. Hey, how's it going? It's appropriate that you're half-dead this week, Brent, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because Arr. last week we spun that crazy wheel, and we made that spooky deal. And the deal we made was, bam, holiday games. Now listen, there's only one holiday you talk about uh, on October 26th, Brent. And that's everyone's favorite day. Arbor, no, I'm just kidding. It's Halloween, brother. It's Halloween. It's Why do you hate trees so much, Aaron? I don't hate them. I like to chop them down and decorate them and then burn them. That's what I like to do. No, you like to drill through their roots like some kind of well, crazy hey, man. Listen, you should be you should be down with that because much like yourself, I like to get the sap. That's <laughs> you. That's the joke. Anyway, we spun the wheel. We're you playing Halloween games. Brains, Halloween games this week. Now, Brent... <laughs> You know, I went through and kind of listed some of my favorite Halloween games and some stuff that I got off various lists. But, and we, you know, as you know, we've covered this topic sort of before when you uh, picked an abomination, something that lives on. And it was only the second stupidest thing you've done next to your battle chest as a comedy game. Uh, you picked when you picked The Simpsons Hit and Run as a Halloween game. I hope you've done a better choice this time around. The Simpsons. Uh, was a great choice, and I stand by it fully. Well, no, it was a dumb choice. You when just you, have to play through the whole game to see it. Yeah, for that. Yeah, that's no. No one's giving you a pass on that. With all that said, because we've already condemned you. For no that one ever gives me a pass on anything. That's right. Uh, that's because you, you do something we can look, forgive. So we, aside from that, what are your favorite? When you think Halloween video games, what come to mind? Like spooky games? Well, no, whatever Halloween makes you think. Oh of. no! Obviously, it's not whatever Halloween <clears throat> games come to mind because I get ridiculed. No, ridiculed go, go ahead. Years. Set yourself up for more ridicule by just telling me the first Halloween games that come into your head. Is it Battle uh, well, Chess, per chance? Uh, the uh, to be honest, the first Halloween game that would come to my mind is uh 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 Jason uh, Friday the Thirteenth. That's the name of it. <laughs> On uh, the Nintendo. Uh, what? Really? Why? Because yeah. that was a game I played back in the day because I thought it was a scary game. Yeah. It's a uh, dopey game. Like, well, I mean, no, it's, it's, oh, okay, yeah, it is dopey. You know. Uh, but the thing is, I don't like scary games. <laughs> so, like, I don't mind, like, Resident Evils or uh, uh, the games we're talking about today that i don't mind that type of scary games but like jump out gotcha games i i not my bag i i, I don't like that kind of scare you know i'll have to say a lot of the games i used to think of for like a halloween style game me and boat have covered so many really bad halloween games and i'll, I'll talk to like the elvira series there's as many zombie games on the amiga that we played or uh fright night based on one of my favorite movies but now, as the years have went on, uh, and we have played a lot of uh, horror-style games on the Teen Speaker regulars. Uh, speaking of Friday the 13th, we played Friday the 13th, the game on there, and that actually is a pretty fun game. It supports like seven or eight people, simultaneous play, where one guy plays the Jason Voorhees, and the other people play the various uh, camp uh, uh, attendees trying to get away from Jason. That's a, that's a pretty yeah. fun game. That was sort I prefer of, Dead by Daylight. Well, that's another uh, one. But it, it's definitely in that same vein, just more people. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's a what good about 
What about uh, Phantasmagoria? Fantas- I thought it was Phantasmophobia. Was it Phantasmagoria, the old? Oh, yeah. The old <laughs> yeah, game. that's a different game. I played also that, too, scary, one time on stream. Way. That was a big mistake, because there's parts I, of that that shouldn't be on stream. Uh, it, but, if, if you recall, Aaron, yeah. uh, uh, I was the one that turned you onto that game, and I was in chat the time you were playing it live. Yeah. And you weren't quite sure how the game worked. Yeah. And I, then I started, I started talking to you, through the headset, but you thought I was gone and started freaking out because you thought the game knew your name. No, that was crazy. Do you I remember don't, that? I don't remember that. It sounds like you're Oh my that gosh, up. it was hilarious. But I will say that game, in case you haven't heard of this game, uh, it's a game where you're a ghost hunter and you're supposed to achieve these various goals It's a, in a house. It's like a, it's a first person affair. Uh, and it is cr- lots of jump scares and creepiness and weirdness where you, and you ultimately, I always get killed when I play that game. It is a scary game. So that's a note. So I will say the modern stuff, they've kind of kicked in with some pretty good stuff. When it comes to the classic stuff, you know, I'll tell you one that always got me as a creepy game. And I know it's this, uh, 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 it's old, tired tread, but I thought Alone in the Dark was a scary game. You know, I had that H.P. Lovecraft connection. I thought that thing was super scary. And I also will mention... Uh, a game we covered on this show a while back, uh, Call of Cthulhu, Dark Corners of the Earth. That's another one. It fills me with a certain sense of dread and creepery. You you, you remember that one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Eternal Darkness. Yes, that's another one. Game. We just covered that one, what, about three months ago? That had been too long. That was one of the best. That probably was the best GameCube game. I think it was on N64. It was, game, was it GameCube or N64? That yeah, was it was GameCube. One. Yeah, that was one creepy game. I really enjoyed that one, uh, and you know we've been lucky. It's actually we've had better luck on this show playing creepy games than me and Boat had. Uh, but uh, uh, well, although we'll see how that stacks up today, we might as well go ahead and just get into it, uh, the Brant. So since we are uh, playing, going a little bit later than we normally do this week, because the Brant here has been a little ill, but he bounced back in a big way. And so now that we've had a chance to digest these games, we picked two games. Oh. From the Halloween uh, season genre here, I'm going to let Brent lead the dance before he loses strength. Oh. So Brent, what? Well, listen, we got to t- put our best foot forward here today. Uh, what game did you choose to talk about today? First of all, I'm glad that you finally recognized that I am the best foot to put forward. Yeah, um, I brought to the table an arcade classic, and when you talk arcade games and horror games. Uh, there's there's several to choose from. You know, you've got your chillers, uh, you've got your uh, uh, like monster bash in the arcade. Uh, but I went with probably the last scary game in the arcade that I can recall from Midway, and I went with Carnival. Carnival, yes, this was one I saw. This was one that must have sold pretty well for them because I did see this thing quite a quite a bit back in the day. It's kind of crazy. Yes, this was a big hit for them. Uh, and just a, a little bit of background on it. This was a gun game released in 1998 for, in the arcades. And uh, it came off of the success of other shooters, what other shooters were doing at the time. And they really wanted to take it in a different direction. They wanted to have a scary game, and they wanted to have a shooting game because their shooting department was doing great. Terminator 2, uh, Revolution X, 
just two that come to mind that were huge profit makers for them. It, Revolution and they were, X was a big money maker. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man. Absolutely. That game's so um, goofy. Oh, it is. It is. I'm not saying it's not. So they said, okay, it's time for another big shooting game. What are we going to do? And, and they were wanting to make a horror game at the same time. And they got together, and the first pitch for Carnival was was bad. Like, they were like, okay, maybe this isn't what we want to do. Uh, they had a different plot where it didn't follow the Carnival side of things. It was more of a story-driven type of affair. And they said, you know what? Let's just we're gonna we're not gonna scrap this, but we gotta retool this. And they retooled it and started putting the carnival themes to it, which brought us to Carnival. Uh, now, Aaron, do you remember Carnival actually had two types of play? We'll say in the arcade. Do you remember what they were? Oh gosh, no, I haven't seen one of these uh, things forever. I I when Carnival first came out it didn't have guns it had little shotguns and to reload you didn't shoot off the side of the screen you you did a pump thing with your uh rifle pump wow i don't know if that's I how you that. would reload no kidding ah, no yes so they were shotguns um, were they were they attached to the to the uh were they attached to the cabinet or were they were they on oh yeah they're the exact same thing as a light gun 100 percent all that was the same. So you could, but, but I mean, to, it, you held it. It wasn't like attached to the cabinet with like a base. No, it was still attached with okay. the wire. Oh, that yeah. I, that sounds pretty good yeah. there. All that was the same. The only difference was to reload. You you did a a, a shotgun pump style instead of shoot off screen. Right. Uh, those are hard to find anymore. They obviously they still exist. That's how the cabinet originally came out. Uh, but this also sold really huge as conversions, and the conversions all came with regular guns. Oh, I see. <laughs> so, which had the, the normal shoot-off screen type of affair. I have played it with a pump uh, way back in the day, and it makes for a more enjoyable game because you can stay focused in the action. And something with Carnival, it is fast, and it is continuous. So having to shoot off screen... To reload is a major hassle. Um, Carnival has you play as a carnival goer that finds a coin and inserts it into an old abandoned, like uh, uh, fortune teller machine type thing, and that is how the you enter the world of Carnival. And Carnival is broken up into three stages that you can play in any order, and then one final boss stage. Uh, back in the day, I actually played this not to completion, but to the... I've played through all three of the main missions and went to the final area, at which it becomes a quarter-eating machine. I mean, this game is already a quarter-eater, uh, but that last level, I don't know if you played it while, while you were playing your time here, but it is absolutely brutal i didn't play the uh, last level i played i played a couple levels of it and the last but i watched the whole game and the last level was it was cheap it bait real cheap yeah you, yeah there's that that's it was just simply there for you to sink money into uh so the whole theme of carnival uh for example one of the boards has you going through a haunted house ride and 
all the time you were being uh, uh, attacked by zombies and bats and uh, different creatures of the night, ghosts, ghouls, skeletons, that sort of affair. And while a lot of them do have projectile weapons, I'll, most of them are get into your face and try to punch you sort of affair. Uh, which brings the action right up to you. The graphics are, I mean, by today's standards, they're obviously downgraded from 98, uh, but they are still good, and they are incredibly gory, uh, much like something people are probably more familiar with, say, uh, House of the Dead. You can shoot body parts and skin off of your victims, uh, so you can get nice, chunky headshots that will take off, say, the left side of the face and whatnot. A very brutal game. And it is uh, a highlight, in my opinion, uh, to have that sort of interaction with the monsters because, unfortunately, the environment that you play in has very little interactiveness. Uh, if you remember a couple weeks back, Aaron, we took a look at Lethal Enforcers. Yeah. Where Lethal Enforcers had tons of background uh, interactions where you could shoot glass, uh, you could shoot bells off of walls, you could shoot tires of cars, and all that had almost like a uh, shooting gallery type effect. Uh, one thing Carnival was downed on by critics uh, and fans alike, really, is Almost none of the backgrounds in Carnival are interactive. And that was actually due to the way they made their graphics. Uh, they kind of had them set in stone from the beginning. There are some interactive elements, but they're actually hard to find and not rewarding to shoot. Um, but back to the... The haunted house level. So you go into the haunted house, and instead of getting on the ride, which would be cool, uh, you do eventually get on it for a little while. You actually are walking through the haunted house ride. Uh, enemies everywhere. The game has sub bosses. Uh, I believe the sub boss for this particular stage is like a chain gun guy, hand for hand, hand uh, bone, hand bone. In fact, he's on the screen right now. Yeah, uh, his hand is a, a chain a chain gun that shoots skeletons. Uh, and then each stage has an end boss. Fun little fact about the end bosses of this game, Aaron. Did you know Carnival censored itself before it ever made it to the arcades? And it censored itself by one of its bosses. <clears throat> and that is the baby. In one of the levels, at your end boss, you can either fight a giant baby or... If the dip switches are changed, instead of fighting a baby, you fight a teddy bear. Yeah, I saw and both. They did that uh, because this was one of the one of the early games to have an ESRB rating. So, or it was around you know in that time period where all that with Mortal Kombat and stuff was had gone down, and they were actually censoring themselves. To have that as a as an optional boss because they thought shooting the baby, especially in the way you shoot it, because you shoot off parts of its face and parts of its body, uh, <laughs> even though the baby is gargantuan, right? I mean, it's forty foot tall, so he's it's a not devil like baby. He's Rosemary's yeah. baby, but it it was 
uh, controversial enough w- with people on the team that they had that as an option to not have to fight that baby. Uh, and it, it was a teddy bear. I believe the teddy bear was actually the default. So you it's had like to... a, yeah, it, uh, it, it, it's a mechanical teddy bear. I believe it comes out of a big box or coffin, comes lumbering out. Something like a like a, you'd see it like a you know like a one of those animatronic deals. Sort of looked like correct, to me. correct. Um, so they did hold back a, a little bit in, in the uh, gory part of the game by having an optional to not have to shoot and kill a baby. Now, Aaron, when you played through this, obviously, with unlimited money, the game becomes uh, incredibly easy, as with any of these gun games did. Yeah. But, on your time, because I know you've played this in the arcade, Yes. do you think it was cheap? Do you think that the hits were over the top? Yes. Especially as you get into it. But even at the beginning, it's pretty cheap. Uh, uh, you know, I, I guess you're asking me what I think, or, you know, to go on about this. Uh, this game came out, of course, this is your straight-up on-the-rail shooter. I mean, it's no bones about Absolutely. that. And the graphics are like they come out in a pre-rendered pattern, and you shoot the guys. It's the same, you know, it's uh, Area 51-type game, stuff like that. You know, like you said, the the... Aerosmith game. There's a lot of these. Uh, this this game had a stylized art uh, graphic style. Yes, and, it's and, all CGI. Yeah, and I I didn't like it. In fact, I don't like this game. I never liked it. Really? I never liked this game. Yeah. I, you didn't whole, think this was stylized? It was. I did think it was stylized. I just didn't like the style. Okay. Uh, it's, you okay, know, that's it's, fair. Uh, I, don't, I just don't like the way the graphics look. And if you compare this to like a House of the Dead, it's funny. House of the Dead, graphically, especially the first one, uh, was not as as well done as this in terms of. I mean, the graphics are the, the fidelity is not as good, but it, I think that's a much more fun game than this uh, because it feels less raily for starters, but also it just well, it had multiple paths. Yeah, yeah, and also it just House of the Dead it just does. felt better to me. Like this game, I mean, listen, these get sorts of games. You know what you're getting when you put your money down. You know, so I'm not going to sit here and kill it. It's just the, the whole the the premise of it, the the haunted carnival thing, and the shooting. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are parts of this that are pretty funny. You get to a point where you're shooting mimes and you're shooting all this crazy clowns yeah. and stuff. It's pretty wacky, you know. But it's and I guess there's some dark humor in there, or whatever. But it just for me, it I just didn't. I never liked it that much. I I was a much bigger fan of the. Of the uh, House of the Dead series than I was this, and I'll be honest, I didn't like, I didn't like the uh, Aerosmith game either, and I also I know they didn't do this, this is an Atari game, but I also didn't like Area Fifty One. But uh, to be honest with you, I just uh, these games that are on, I still like them. I never liked them that much, and this is the one I probably of those bunch. I probably played this one the least just because I didn't like the premise of it. But that much said, playing it this week, I mean it's a fun shooting gallery. I had a little bit of trouble running this too. I had a uh, Oh yeah, the time it's, running this it's at the home. Beast. Uh, yeah, and uh, of course I had to use the mouse on it too. Uh, so yes, is it more fun with a gun? Yes, but I mean you could tell this was this whole game is straight up a money grab. I mean you don't really feel like you're getting anywhere most of the time. Uh, it's it's in terms of how long you get to play. Uh, it's it, it they were after cash, uh, but that much said, uh, if you are into this theme, right? Uh, then this is a game that you'll probably enjoy. 
the, the closest thing I could think of to a theme like this would probably be a pinball machine, like Funhouse or something. You know, I like that. Sometimes I can get into, like, the crazy carnival theme, you know. But, uh, I don't know, for some reason, this didn't do it. Now, it also hasn't aged well. It's okay. You know, graphically, like I said, it looks better than a lot of these type of games did. It's just, it's not for me. So, I'm not going to put it over too much. I'm not going to bury it either. It, it, it may, You may dig it. Uh, in terms of the control and stuff, I mean, it's, you know, people throw stuff at you. You can shoot it. You can shoot them. You can shoot uh, uh, some guys over and over. You have to shoot them and find their weak point. You know, it's they didn't reinvent the wheel either. I mean, I, would you say there's anything that was that original about this game? Like, I don't think House of the Dead did. It tried a lot of different stuff. Like, this pretty much, they didn't reinvent the wheel on this, did they? Well, House of the Dead had a, has a lot going for it. Yeah. Uh, it has multiple paths. It has people to save. It has items outside of just uh, gun power-ups. And, like, if you save someone, they might give you an item. And I always thought that was a very, uh, first of all, rewarding. Yeah. It felt rewarding to to save the people. It made you want to save them instead of just let the zombies eat them. Yeah. Uh, Carnival has none of that. I will say uh, one it, thing Carnival does. Hey, I'm going to put it over this one aspect before you go on. There are some scenes in this that are very clever that you wouldn't think of in the terms of, of a game like this. You know, and I will give them credit. They really, you can tell the guys at Midway, these guys aren't idiots, and they're creative as heck. You know, so stuff that happens at the Big Top and the Haunted House and, and uh, when you're running around to rides and stuff, I mean, there's some clever stuff in there that I enjoyed, that I enjoyed watching. You know, we just saw something a second ago that I thought I got a kick out of when I played it, which was these guys chucking food and stuff at you at the concession stand. You yeah. Know, that, I thought that was pretty amusing uh, stuff. So there's some, it's not like it's all garbage or something. There's some funny stuff in here. And it, despite the fact that it doesn't break any new ground, it does what it does well. Well, it it has, uh, if you're into the theme, which I enjoyed this theme. I thought the carnival theme was great. The Christmas it, part's weird, although it does have Krampus. I'll give it that, but it's odd to put that in the middle of the game. I'm surprised you didn't pick this for your Christmas game, Brent. It would have went right up your alley. We still have time. Oh, God. Uh but I, I think that, environmentally speaking, uh, I thought this is is better than House of the Dead. Because House of the Dead, yeah. you're in a house. Oh, environmentally. I, yeah, okay. Uh, you know, you're, the, the scenery never changes. You're going down hallways. You well, might you go fall into, into like, you go into a sewer stuff. system. Yeah. Crap like that. Whereas Carnival, you get new environments every four or five minutes. And they feel different. They feel unique. Uh, and that is, in my opinion, by far its its biggest selling point. Yeah. Uh, if you are are good enough to stay alive to get to the get through an area, there's something completely different waiting for you in the next scene. Uh, I think it has good enemy variety. Uh, I think it has uh, fast paced action, but every other aspect. Uh, I don't think the weapons are fun. You get like a like an acid gun is really about the only unique fun gun that you have access to. And, you, of course, you get it for maybe 15 shots and then it's gone. Yeah. Uh, R2, that's one thing our games have in common. You get the special yeah. weapons for like two seconds <laughs> and then they're gone. I, I don't think that the uh, uh, the 
linearity of it is fun. It, it's it's definitely something where you can memorize where things are. In fact, the going through the haunted house mission was something I could do absolutely every time I played it in the arcade there for a while because I knew where every single enemy was. Mm. So if that's your bag, if memorizing where the enemies are, and some people really dig that, this game definitely has that in spades. Yeah. Uh, it would probably but, help a lot to do that if you could, if uh, you could you, remember. Well, I mean, to, to, to beat it, you pretty much have to, unless you're just going to money sink it. Uh, now, Aaron, how well do you think this did for Midway compared to other games that came out at the time? And for other games that came out in the time, I, I really mean Mortal Kombat 4. Well, we know, well, uh, Mortal Kombat 4 was a dud. Uh, and I don't... Re- it was a dud, I'm but sure you it have got to widely, remember... Yeah, it was Mortal Kombat. Yeah, and Mortal Kombat 3 was a hugely successful game. Uh, more, so much so as they made Mortal Kombat 3 Ultimate, uh, which was also a hugely successful game. Well, I, I, re- I remember on uh, the uh, Mortal Kombat show we did on Amigos, I believe we, they said that uh, uh, MK2 shipped... I think it was... What was it? 20,000 units or something like that. And so, which was unbelievable. So I would say this probably shipped, say, oh, 5,000 units, let's say. I don't have ship numbers for that. I'll see if I can pull that up real quick. Yeah. Uh, But it outsold Mortal Kombat 4. Well, That I do know. Mortal Kombat 4 landed like a, a rock. Uh, and, and because but it was, you have to remember, I know you it's have Mortal to Kombat. Remember, people bought Mortal Kombat Four before they knew what Mortal Kombat Four was going to well, be. Think about this for a minute. Mortal Kombat Four was so bad that this outsold it, which that that tells you something right there. That's but when your this, series has gone off the rails big time. But this, this sold a batch, right? Yeah, and then they made more and sold that batch, and then they made more. This was one of the games that they kept getting requests for from uh, arcades. Yeah. And this was something that you saw in a lot of bars. Yeah. You Pizza places. Lo- yeah. Bowling alleys. That <clears throat> sort of thing. Yeah. I, I, so, I did see this. It was there. Was, this was one of the ones in that era that you saw a lot of. In fact, I saw yeah. way more of this in MK4. That's for darn sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, something else about this game, Aaron. Yeah. There, uh, there are some hidden aspects to the game, hidden away from the, the uh, prying eyes from the normal public. This has a, a picture of Jeffrey Dahmer in it. And Jeffrey Dahmer uh, is holding a paper bag. Yeah. And inside that paper bag is the head of Neil Nicastrio, who was the executive producer and CEO of Midway at the time. Uh-huh. Why and, and why why did they do that? It's highly up to debate whether he knew uh the executive producer knew that it was in the game. Uh-huh. Um most people believe that he did know about it and that they used it as a placeholder graphic for some of the uh uh until some of the other graphics were complete. Uh still kind of strange to have such a a Unsee- un uh popular character a- a- as a placeholder graphics for your game. Well, I would say that was in the... Uh, this is coming from me when I say this. 
That was in the poorest of taste. Very I, stupid. I, so it's not something you can access in the actual game? They're correct. Okay. Uh, Is the graphic the, still in the programming? Could you look at it if you like Yes, that? yeah. I, you can pull up a picture of it right now if you wanted Those to. Those idiots. Yeah. What the heck were they thinking? Um, did you also, Aaron, have you ever heard of the Carnival Cult? No. All right. Now, this is this is way off the rails. This right. is uh, almost certainly uh, internet rumor, internet-fed propaganda, as it were. But there is a rumor that two of the people who worked on Carnival were members of a cult. And they were trying to use their position inside of the company to spread their cult's message throughout video games. Um, and it was... it They had positions of some power, but they were trying to have messages and imagery added to the game that they felt would further their cult's... Uh, uh, stranglehold on people this is what is bad this is a bad cult bad this is the goofiest cult. this is the goofiest trivia i've ever heard so you're telling I, me a cult trying to program in mind-altering content to get you no, to get no, into the cult. that's not what i said that's not what i said okay i said two members of what is now commonly known as the carnival cult they weren't known that previously to i gathered this. that yeah this uh, uh, interaction, but they were trying to manipulate people at Midway. They worked for Midway and were trying to manipulate the powers to be to add aspects into the game that were positively, that would positively re reflect recruitment for their cult. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. That's goofy. This, if, this if you, that is goofy. Now, do I believe this is true? No, I think this is uh, uh, internet fun time. But it came up on message boards. And uh, if you would like to learn more, you can just search for the Corn Evil Cult and read all about it. You know, I it, like this a, game less than when we started this review. <laughs> the more you tell me, the less I like this game. Those are so, that is some dumb stuff right there. So in in closing, uh, I actually am not a huge fan of Carnival. I think for what it did uh, at the time, being a kind of gross out horror based shooting game, uh, I think it did fine. And I actually I think it ages well, but I never thought it was terribly fun. At the peak of its, at the peak of its excitement, at the peak of its entertaining values, I don't think it was fun. Past say a six out of ten. What do you think? Well, I I think I made my thought feelings on this abundantly clear. But we do have a review sent in uh, to uh, sound off. Now, granted, I'm sure they didn't know about the cult or the head in the bag, but we'll go ahead and read it anyway. So, our good buddy Pajaco, sixty five zero two. Uh, he says, so I'll own up and say that I didn't get, uh, oh, whoops, I'm reading the wrong one here. Let's try that again. Uh, now, 
I know arcade games are designed to take money and make money, but this thing is not just a quarter muncher. It has a quarter-eating disorder. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the game is a fun and grotesque light gun shooter from the late 90s, incredibly fast-paced, and you need lightning-quick reflexes to play through this and still be financially solvent at the end. Bonus textures on the screen for seconds and with only six bullets and many enemies taking more than that to take down. You'll be reloading every other second. That's true. I meant to bring that up. Like, that's ridiculous. You know, they've got... You have to pump a ton of lead in some of these guys. Anyway, and often, unless you are quick, you will be attacked before you can get a kill in. The levels are incredibly short, too. Completed one under ten minutes each. The boss battles are fun, but there seem to be no points... Uh, where you will take damage no matter what you do. I couldn't figure a way not to take damage. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. But I really would like to give this a go with an actual light gun. Carnival is worth playing, as you can get through it quick. Plus, it's novel, but really, for me, it's no Desert Island disc. 6 out of 10. P.S. I could not get my sending game, light gun to work with this. By the way, I didn't even try the send, and I had trouble yeah. getting the game to work with Yeah, this was... This was Mouse City. Yeah. Um, did you, I don't suppose you looked at what these cabinets are going for these days, did you? I, I'd kind of be wondering if they, because if they, if they sold, uh, if they sold, say, three or four thousand, I don't know. Everything is so haywire these days when it comes to pricing. Uh, and also, if these things sold in kits, you're going to have a lot. Of, I'd wager from looking at the cabinet on this, they probably converted a lot of old Mortal Kombat's and, uh, and, and the like, uh, uh, because Midway had a, kind of a cabinet design that they went with for a lot of their games, and I'd say this kit would probably fit most of those cabinets. Uh, you can pick up a restored Carnival with the shotguns oh. for a cool $2,700. <laughs> no, thank you. I wouldn't spend that much money on this game. No, no way, no how. I, I, I think that is... Uh, I wouldn't either. But I think that is a fairly decent price. You can get just the board uh, for four hundred bucks. That well, but no guns. Then you have to get on that no, road. Just the board. Yeah, yeah. let's get pretty, pretty price. I don't know. Hey, if listen, if Carnival's your bag, I know they had home ports of this. Uh, so... They did not have home ports of this. Oh, I thought this did get home ports. This no, this never got ported to a home system. Hmm. Uh, Live and learn. It was it was slated to. Yeah. Uh, but it never. It never got uh, put on any of the home systems. Huh, you'd think as popular as it was, uh, this would have been ported over. I'm thinking 98. What would this have been ported to? Dreamcast? Maybe? Yeah. That, that would be, that's pretty well into the PlayStation era. So, I don't know. Well, there you go. Interesting, interesting that it didn't get ported over. Well, thanks a lot there, Brent. That's an interesting look at that one. Uh, and I had played that one. So, I, I went with another in another direction this week. Uh, it's funny what gets you to where you're going. So, I was really struggling. I almost picked Friday the 13th, the multiplayer game, and I thought, that's going to be... Eh, I didn't know. And so I thought, I'm going to go the other direction to play something pretty old. And so, I went, uh, into the realm of DOS. You know, we haven't been to DOS for a while. And I just listened to, uh, 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 Fine and Tandy... Uh, he'd been playing some DOS stuff. I was like, I'm going to try something in DOS. And I remembered a game that had a guy called Halloween Harry in it. And I thought, that might be fun. It's an Apogee game. So I went back to look about that game. But that game actually is more about aliens than it is 
Halloween based. And so I thought, you know, let's see what else Apogee you had in the catalog from back in the day. And I found something that actually fit the bill. And so I went ahead and picked, bam, Monster Bash. Monster Bash. I'd never played this game. The DOS version. The DOS version, correct. This yes. is the Genesis version. Uh, this was developed and published uh, by Apogee uh, back in the day, uh, released April 9th, 1993. Of course, Apogee eventually became what is now what you would call 3D Realms. Uh, this game, in terms of where it appears, uh, it's listed as DOS, of course, Linux, Linux, Macintosh, and Windows. I think, I don't know if this had, I don't think this had a Linux port or a Macintosh port, but I think what they mean is you can play these with DOS box on Linux and Mac. Uh, it did have a new, uh, like an HD Steam release version of this that, mm-hmm. that apparently just came out. Uh, so you could also play it on Steam. I went and played it with uh, the original DOS version of this thing. I didn't want to mess around. Uh, so I played the original DOS version. This is a game designed uh, by Frank Madden. Now, if you've heard that name before, he's sort of well-known for games like this. He did a game called Crystal Caves, which is sort of like this. He also did a game called Shadow Warrior, which I used to play back in the day. He did Realms of Chaos and Brute Force. Uh... He also uh, had help on this. Uh, the graphics on this were done uh, by uh, Amanda D, who worked on basically the same games, plus some a few other ones that you've heard of, like Bad Blood, Ultima False Prophet. Uh, the music on this was done by Rob Wallace. This is a guy I also hadn't heard of, but he worked on tons of stuff. Uh, on, I guess mostly on the DOS system, including the... Remember the Mario educational titles from back in the DOS days? Mm-hmm. He worked yep. on all those, the Tom Brandy football. Uh, he worked on uh, Al-Kadim, the uh, D&D, uh, you know, the Arabic D&D game for DOS. And this was produced by George Broussard, who's well known for the long, drawn-out Duke Nukem misadventure that pretty much ruined him. But he produced some good stuff, including Rise of the Triad, Shadow Warrior, Prey, Max Payne. So a lot of good stuff. Absolutely. I I noticed that the level design was credited to an outside source called Dragon's Eye Productions. So I'll look look into that. I'm not exactly sure what was going on. I don't know if they just professionally designed levels. I'm not sure what the scoop is on that. Uh, In case you're wondering... Uh, this would run on DOS. You had to have at least DOS 4. They recommended 6.2. You had to have at least an Intel 286 uh, with 640K of memory, and it, it took up 5.8 megabytes on a hard drive. Uh, this was an EGA game. It's funny because they recommend VGA for some reason. I don't know why, but they did. So I thought that was kind of strange. Uh, just a little bit about the, uh, the, uh, about the game itself. So... What? Why would I pick an EGA game? Well, this fellow's games actually have, have a pretty good rep. Uh, have you heard of this guy, uh, Frank? Here is this a guy because I don't know if you played a bunch of these games back in the day. But had you heard of this guy? His rep, Frank Madden. Uh, no, no. Uh, I, this this was before my time of following individuals. Yeah, again. yeah. So <clears throat> in this game, Monster Bash, uh, you play Johnny Dash. Johnny Dash. Is a little kid in footy pajamas and a red hat. Uh, your dog is captured by, a, and a bunch of other pets are captured by the game's main villain, Count Chuck. And what you have to do is basically go and free all the pets. 
that Count Chuck has kidnapped. Now, you've got a couple friends. One thing about these old apps, you guys, I guess we should get into this before we really get into the game proper. When you, because uh, a lot of people, I guess, would not know this. Apogee had a real interesting way of distributing their games. Uh, they w- would upload like playable dim- playable levels of their games to BBSs. And then you could download them, and BBSs were more than happy to carry them because people wanted to download games. And trust me, when you were back in the day when you were on BBS and you downloaded a game, it was almost always crap unless it was pirated. So BBS has left at the chance to have good games on their on their site that were also legal, and so Apogee took advantage of that, and so and that that was their business model. So built into the game, built into pretty much all their games, is are not just the game itself, but uh, instructions, backstories. This game has a on the main menu. There's a ton of options, including a full backstory with illustrations that goes. I mean, it goes on for page after page, probably 15 pages of backstory. And, yeah. and images of the backstory. And a lot of their games are like that. They'll also have play instructions. Uh, they're very, It's very cool. And also they'll have uh, ordering instructions to order the full releases of the games. They had a good gimmick. The gimmick would be, you could play episode one, for example, which is a fully fleshed out game, but the game would be th- traditionally three episodes long, and so you had to order episodes two and three. And so... Uh, even at the end of this game, you, it's shilling for you to order the other episodes because that's how they get paid. They're not, you know, this is a shareware game, but they want you to buy the full game. And it was a pretty successful model doing this. People would play these games and get addicted to them, and then they would mail in. So the 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 backside of that is when you get one of these uh, Apogee games like this, it's very rare that you're going to find uh, a boxed version of this because often they would just send you out discs, you know, with the episodes on them. They weren't just gonna. They wouldn't send you a boxed version because in some instances there wasn't even a boxed version of the game. Uh, so, and in this case, in a lot of cases, when you see games like this with boxes, it's because the game was picked up by somebody who, uh, well after the fact, they were selling the entire thing. You know, after the game had been out forever, or they were literally selling you the shareware version, which that happens too. So sometimes you'll get these boxes that have like one episode, one disc in them. And then that's what you'll be getting. And so that was sort of the way they distributed these games. It worked well for Avogee, and it worked well for uh, some of the other players that were doing it that way. So <clears throat> anyway, getting back to this game. So like I said, you're out to rescue your pet, and you're rescuing him over uh, 28 horror-themed levels. Horror-themed. And that means they've got graveyards, and you've got uh, skeletons and skulls and dungeons and that sort of stuff. Um, this game... Is your basic? Uh, I would call it a puzzle platformer. Uh, you yeah. run your guy around, you jump. But the gimmick in this game is uh, when you push up on the joystick or diagonally, you will you'll basically go in the slingshot mode, and then you can uh, Johnny can shoot his slingshot, and he can shoot it. It's almost like a Turrican style thing where you can basically aim your slingshot in different directions, and he can and he can shoot diagonally or he can shoot to the side. <clears throat> uh, and I'll get into my thoughts on that here in a minute. Uh, and but basically, that's your weapon. You'll occasionally come across things to augment your slingshot with like multiple shots and whatnot. The problem with that is, much like Brent's game, you get these things for like a limited amount of time, and they're almost effectively worthless. I mean, I hardly ever got to keep it for any amount of time. I don't know if there's some level in here that you get more time on them. Did you ever get, be able to keep those for any amount of time? 
Well, most of them are are, are shot based, right? But I mean, you shoot uh, so much, they just they instantly deplete. The uh, I found that the rockets usually stuck around long enough to be useful. Yeah, uh, but I didn't conserve any other ammo type. Right. Um, so. As you go to this game, like I said, there are 28 levels, and what you have to do, and this game is, in some ways, it's very European. It reminded me in some ways, because you don't just run through the game and complete the level. You've got to go through the game and find all the pets uh, and free them from their cage, a la Indiana Jones uh, and the Temple of Doom, if you put it in the arcade. You've got to find the caged animals, and then you've got to uh, basically shoot the lock off, and the animal just runs off. These animals are scattered all over the place. And so the upside of that is you're going to have to explore the entire level uh, to its fullest extent. There's no there's no way to cheap your way through this thing. It requires you to go through a lot of exploring. As you explore, uh, you'll run into various uh, enemies and also stuff like uh, fire and, uh, and spikes. Spikes by the bushel. Uh, and you also see these skulls laying around with these eyeballs in them. Those are for points. When you shoot them, they explode and scream. They're all over the place, too, these things. Uh, there's also stuff like bats. It's the stuff you would expect. There were tons of skeletons and skulls, uh, ghosts, all that stuff. The stuff you would expect in a horror game. Um, as you go through the game, uh, you will occasionally come across uh, basically an effigy of, of the, your character hanging off a pole. That's called a voodoo doll. When you collect one of those, you will get an extra man. You'll also occasionally see hearts. When you get those, uh, you will get uh, extra health. You've got a health meter in the upper left-hand corner that tells you what you've got to, what you've got to go through. Uh, your slingshot has unlimited ammo, so you can shoot it as much as you want. But like I said, when you get the special slingshots, uh, you, will, you will have limited time the special slingshots include uh, bigger rocks, multiple rocks, as Brent mentioned, uh, missiles, and also at some point you get fireballs as well. Um, as you go through the levels, eventually you will come to, to a, a little boss a gimmick that you have to go through. Uh, but the levels in this are incredibly long. You're not going to go through these levels in two or three minutes. They take a good while, and when you're exploring, it takes it takes even longer because the levels you go, you're underground, you're in the air, you're on top of trees. Uh, you can go anywhere, and often the levels will direct you to places you didn't know you could go in the first place, and they'll be over top places you've been. So if you make a misstep or something, it's that old gimmick where you fall down, have to kind of retrace your steps back to where you fell from. Uh, 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 not my favorite. Uh, I noticed in this game that there are a lot of blind jumps. I was surprised by that until I read the docs. Because I thought to myself, this is some really bad level design. And I still think it's bad. But they did put the ability... I didn't even know this. Maybe you did, Brent. If you hit page up or down, you could actually look down or up the level. Did you know about that? I did not. Uh -uh. Yeah. And that... Because I'm sure you had the same problem I did with the levels. That you couldn't see what was going on with the levels. Because they were, there was tons and tons of blind jumps in this. So that was that was probably an aspect that I wish maybe they would have I don't know done a better job of fleshing out. Um, there's tons of confusing stuff in this. You've got to really pay attention because sometimes you need to move blocks, uh, shoot blocks around. Uh, some things you need to like. There are special ways to jump to, to get the stuff. I'm not going to say this has pixel perfect jumps. But it's not even close. close. Well, no, it's not. No, no I, I completely no, disagree. Hold with on, that. can I finish now? 
what I'm saying is they're not. It's not what I would call my. It's not called. Uh, it's not super pixel perfect jumps. But there are jumps that are that are difficult, and their jumps are compounded with the control scheme. And that's the main thing I want to talk about is the control scheme in this. Uh, I hate. I disagree with that. By I the way. hate the control scheme. You're wrong. I hate the control scheme in this. I mean, I absolutely. It made the game. It killed the game for me. Uh, the way you control uh, your character, uh, you're, like I said, your uh, slingshot comes on when you turn up on certain levels on the joystick, and it happens over and over where I'd accidentally fire up the stupid slingshot when I was trying to do something like jump. It happened to me over and over. Another problem this guy has is jumping off of like ladders. That is an unbelievably difficult thing to do, and you, I, no matter how much I tried, I could never practice enough to get proficient at it. I mean, I could do it eventually, but it was difficult as heck for me to jump off of ladders, climbing up stuff. And I'm not the only person. I looked at a lot of people playing this that had the exact same problem I did. It take it took me a long time to get fairly proficient at running around and using the slingshot in this game, and it never felt comfortable to me uh, when I was doing it. Um, I think this, we might have played two different games. I suppose. Well, I don't know. Um, okay, keep going. I'm, I'm not done yet. Uh, this game, uh, of course, is 16-color EGA with ad-lib compatible music. I thought the music was pretty good in this, all things considered. I'm not the I, I'm not a fan of ad-lib. I know there's this weird, I don't know, fascination or maybe it's just nostalgia about going back to the glory days of ad-lib. The glory days of ad-lib were, there were no glory days of ad-lib. Ad-lib was better than nothing, but it wasn't much better. So the music in this, that with that said, it I thought they did a pretty good job with the tunes. EGA 16 color isn't great, but the I thought the graphics were really good given what they had to work with. Uh, it looks like EGA, don't get me wrong, but it looks a lot better than uh, a lot of games in EGA. So I thought they did, I thought given the limitations of what they had to work with, they did the best that they could with the music and the and the sound on this and the and the graphics. Uh, but you know, it still has that kind of dossy look. I know a lot of people like these uh, these sorts of games uh, the, from that era, the, the DOS era, Commander Keen and uh, uh, Jill of the Jungle and stuff. These sort of like platform DOS games. I was never a fan of these. I always thought, I mean, if you consider this came out in 93, like the Amiga had stuff that was just blowing this out of the water in terms of the graphics and the sound. Uh, but if you had a DOS machine, this is all you had access to. I'd say this, you'd be pretty happy with the way it looks. I'm not sure you'd be happy with the way it played, because I know I was not happy with the way it played at all. Uh, I will say just a few little wacky tidbits about this game, uh, because it did have, it did do some stuff that was a little bit different. There's a knock in here, where he, in the in the uh, opening story, if you if you read the story that's built into the game, where he, t- he takes a shot at Jill, Jill of the Jungle, which is a character from Epic, that was like one of their competitors at the time. I don't know if you ever played Jill of the Jungle, Brent. Uh, I, a, I know of, yeah, yeah, I know of the game. Um, there was a VGA version of this plan, but it was canceled because they just never got around to finishing it, which is weird. Uh, the uh, uh, the game uh, was released at the time. It was the first. It was the first one meg, basically one meg compressed Apogee game in ever. So this was at the time. It was just the biggest game they'd released, which is kind of neat. Uh, Brent, uh, you've been uh, butting in this entire time. Tell me to go ahead. I'm going to give you the floor. Tell me what you thought of this bad boy. This game is terrific. 
okay? Uh, I, I, I honestly have no idea what you're talking about with the control schemes. Yeah. Uh, I had no trouble. Now, the jump is floaty. Did you play this on uh, the keyboard or mouse or the joystick? Keyboard. Okay, see, that might be the difference. I played this with, with a, an analog joystick. That's uh, dumb. Well, no, it's that's what it's, it's, it's a, it is. It's a, yeah. What are you talking about? It had built-in controls. Go ahead. Yeah. <clears throat> you play this with a keyboard. Uh, <clears throat> you have a because I I had a jump button and a shoot button. Right. So I, I when I, I wanted to jump, I just hit the jump button and my guy jumped. So that's why I got completely confused where you're talking about you couldn't jump off ladders or whatever. Oh yeah, I had all kinds of trouble. In fact, yeah. I was reading some. I was looking at some forum posts. Everyone, that's one of the knocks against this game is it's, is the control scheme, and the, and jumping off straight off of ladders on the platforms. Listen, I think this game would be a hundred percent better if the controls weren't as crappy. All right, I will say that. I, I mean, I thought there was a lot to like but about this. The game. controls aren't crappy. Well, they were on the analog so, joystick. That's all I can tell anyway, you. Anyway, back to you not butting in. I owe uh, you. This uh, the game is for uh uh uh. EGA, the the graphics are amazing. They're flipping amazing. Uh, they're big. There are, even though there's a lot of grays and browns due to the uh, just the the theming of the game. You're in caves. You're in graveyards. You're in uh, uh, old haunted houses. That sort of uh, affair. They have enough burst of color, and there's enough things that have color. Uh, boxes, for example, or, or stalactites and stalagmites, uh, uh, plant life, that the color on this game is nice. I'm not saying it's great, uh, but for 16 wonderful magical colors, it's pretty amazing that they were able to pull this kind of uh, graphic appearance off. I agree. And I also think that they, the use of the way your character looks with the blonde and the red... It really stands out against some of the more stark backgrounds, and that that absolutely. was by design, I'm sure, and it works oh, well. It, it actually well, makes you, your character stand out quite nicely, and it makes you the the innocent, outside, cheerful, hope for the world type feel, and when all of your enemies are very gloom and doom and and, and gray and ugly feel, uh, so graphically stupendous. Sound-wise, it has digitized voices in it, it yes. um, that they don't overdo, but there, there's enough of it in there. Little things the kid screams. He screams Yeppy and Wahoo and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah. Uh, I think the music, I mean, it is ad-lib. I'm not a huge ad-lib-for-life type of guy, but I think it does well with what it has. Um, clever arrangements too. I will. I thought yes. they were very clever. Like whoever the guy that worked on this music, I'm going to give the guy another shout out. Uh, 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 um, Rob Wallace. Like th you could tell by the amount of stuff this guy done. He didn't just fall off the turnip truck. This guy could lay down some tunes, and they're good tunes in here. I think <clears throat> the difficulty you can play this on uh, easy, medium, or hard, and the only difference is how much health you have. Yeah. Uh, easy, you get nine health. Medium, you get six. Hard, you get three. There's no reason to ever play this game on any difficulty but easy. Yeah. And it's not, because, it's not that it makes the game easy. 
it's that it makes the game enjoyable. Because if you only had three hits, there are segments of this game that are would be ridiculously difficult. Yeah, because there's a lot of cheap, I, there's a lot of cheap hits in this. Lots of them. Yeah, uh, and, and for the record, I did not play through the entire game. Oh God, uh, no. Uh, but I did play through several worlds. You get a goodly amount uh, of man, and you can actually store up to five extra men. So you, they will say I did like that too. They give you a goodly amount of. Like, I got to see a good chunk of the game without having to cheat or anything. Right. Um, Difficulty-wise, due to level design, it's cheap. Yeah. Uh, And probably for different reasons than what you're thinking, Aaron, I did not like that they had so many things uh, appearing from the background. For example, uh, skeletons jumping from the background, say, a wall and hitting your character, or coming up from the ground and hitting your character, snakes and whatnot. Yeah. If it was an occasional gimmick, I wouldn't have had a problem with it. Uh, But they rely on it way too much. The snakes are Um, particularly cheap. When they shoot out with their heads, I hated that. If And also, there's no way... They give no tells. Like... Or that, or I, I guess I should say they give too many tells uh, because they have places that are marked for a snake to jump out, even if there's not a snake there to jump out, and then they just plaster that everywhere, so it's not marking anything because it's marked everywhere. Yeah, if that makes any no, sense. No, it does. I I agree. Um, I agree with that assessment. Yeah, I think the slingshot controls are tremendously good. I could always uh, hit where I wanted. The bullets reflect, and that is sometimes used in puzzles where yeah. uh, you will shoot forward, hit a wall, and it will bounce off that wall back at you under the platform you're standing on to ultimately hit your target. Uh, the locks that you have to shoot for the uh, to let the animals out of their cages are small. I always could get them uh, in, in a relatively small amount of shots, which made me feel good. It made me feel accomplished when I was able to pull it off, uh, which was every time. I, I didn't have a problem with it. Um, I think the level design is decent. There are definitely a few things that they – like. there are items that you can get <clears throat> that are level-specific uh, where, for example, you have to get a bottle and then take the bottle to a water source and then you use the water from the bottle to make vines grow. But it's the it's that stick for one level and then you, you never hear of the bottle or water source again. It, it's one and done. I just saw a secret. I'm watching this video as you're talking. I just saw a secret path I didn't know about. That's <laughs> right at the beginning. I'm like, no. There's, yeah, there's, there's tons of that kind of stuff. I usually uh, would just stumble of, into them. Yeah, tons of fantasy walls. You know, just yeah. walls that aren't really there. Yeah, and it's, it's not that I mind that kind of stuff. I, I, I really don't, especially when it's not something that hinders progress. But when you have something that is only valid for one level, the game does not do a good job of introducing the concept to you. And I say that because it doesn't introduce the concept to you at all. So you are struggling to find what the piece of the puzzle you need to continue on. 
until you just stumble upon it. You have no idea what you're looking for. Uh, once you get the first part of it, for example, the bottle puzzle, I guess you get to call it. Once you get the bottle, it says, hey, like, you should put some water in this or something to that extent. Yeah. And then once you put water in it, it's like, hey, <clears throat> you know, maybe this can make those plants grow or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but the initial find the bottle thing is never explained. So I didn't like that about the level design. Uh, the blind jumps, I never had a big problem with because there are, I don't think any that I experienced, but there might be some in the game, oh, but there, there are. aren't uh, uh, bottomless pits where you instantly die. The spikes Yes, there are. Stuff, there are spikes are at the bottom there? of pits that'll kill you instantly when you fall down. There's tons of okay, them. Okay. Well, no, 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 no. I said bottomless pits that have nothing. Oh, no. They, you'll die. There's a bottom. Yeah, it's because, full of spikes. I mean, you can see, yeah, the spike pits, though, you can see. You can see the top of the spike. Not always. You um, can't. Uh, we just okay. saw screens on here where you couldn't because they're right at the beginning of the game. There are tons of them. Uh, tons I, I of disagree. Um, <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the damage to health that they give is, is fair. Uh, there's enough health upgrades that you can usually keep going, at least for the levels that I played. Um, but I don't think the level design is anything tremendous, but I think no. it, it keeps you moving. I think it keeps you moving. Um, other fun aspects of the game. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, the slingshot feels fun. I had a lot of fun aiming it up, aiming it uh, uh, to where it would bounce off things. I think there's there's ample targets. Uh, not only enemies, but hazards. You can shoot hazards. Uh like, for example, spear tips, so that once you shoot the tips off the spears, they can't hurt you anymore, that sort of feel. I had a lot, a lot of fun with this game. Uh, I think this is something that, if I had played in my childhood, I would have completely dug and probably played through the share where multiple times, because that's what I did back in the day. I could, I never had the full game, but I would play the first level ad nauseum. Uh, Doom, perfect example of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I try to the, get perfect on it. The theme of saving the pets, uh, perfect. It's a perfect theme for the game, because you are, you are set out to be this innocent child. Something that's fun that the game does is at the end of each level, it has him working out. And doing these ridiculous feats of strength. One-handed push-ups, uh, one-arm pull-ups, and you move yeah, up from there. Lifting hundreds of, of uh, you know, hundreds of pounds at a time. I really, really enjoyed this game. I, I Obviously, I enjoyed it way more than you did. Well, the, uh, I, well I mean, it, listen, the game's not perfect, even if I had perfect controls. The controls killed it for me. Uh, I, I will say, I did not try the keyboard. That may have been the way to go. I, but, I mean, hey, I got a joystick. I want to play the joystick. And I did not like the joystick controls. Um, this game is considered, uh, I would say, one of uh, it, it would consider one of Frank Mann's not as popular games as the other stuff he did. Uh, I mean, but it, well, you know, yeah, but he did. Of, uh, he did some incredible stuff. <laughs> well, there's a lot of one thing I could say about the game. It's you could tell they put a lot of charm and and thought into it i mean the the graphics the the way things are set up it's for fun 
You know, so it's a, it, it's definitely not a bad game. It's just, like, so the controls killed it for me. And then there's some other just stuff. Because, so I'm not as fond of these games where you have to go hunting around for stuff. But that's sort of the way you did it back in the day because you had to get, well, a, lot, I, now, get see, a lot out of the you, level. You, you say that, but from what I experienced, outside of what I mentioned, for example, saying knowing that you had to find a bottle, uh, that aspect of it I didn't like. But I never had problem finding all the pets. Oh gosh, <laughs> I did. I I, got, I had to. I look all over for those stupid things. Really? And, I, oh yeah. I never. Oh yeah. I never once got to the end of a level outside of the first time when I absolutely didn't understand what I, the aspects of the game. I never once got to the end of a level and it said, "Hey, you didn't find all the pets." Oh yeah. Well, no, it just it just won't. Yeah, I mean, you won't let you leave. So you've got. Yeah, to but find that's what it, that's that's the message yeah. it gives you. Um, uh, I, I I didn't run into that. I didn't run I, into that. I, I did. Um, I looked at some critical reviews on this. There were actually quite a few. Uh, S uh, ASM, which I believe is, I think it might be German. They gave this a nine out of twelve or seventy five percent. Retro Spirit Games gave this a sixty five percent. PC Joker, they hate everything. They give this a fifty two percent. Uh, Dragon Magazine had a look at this thing in its 200th issue, and they gave it 3 out of 5. So I would call these middling uh, to low ratings for this one. I looked at this on eBay. Uh, the discs alone were going 38 bucks or best offer. I did see a five a half-inch version of this disc that was going for 5 bucks, And box copy, I saw it one going for 25 bucks. The boxes, again, your mileage is going to vary on these things, considering... Yeah, uh, you know, because it, they're really, there may not have ever been a proper box copy of this from Avgy. I, I don't know if there was or not. I saw a lot of the ones that were like the public domain box copy back in the day. Public domains were sold in a lot of places. Yeah, and, you know, and, and so uh, uh, you could, and so sometimes you would, but just buy discs. But occasionally they would sell the box versions and stuff. I mean, when I went to computer shows, there was all kinds of people selling every conceivable thing. So a lot of people like in China and stuff would make, just make stuff for them. So I, who knows? But I saw two official, sort of unofficial boxes for this. Uh, we did get a review for this one. Uh, and it was also from our good buddy Pajaco, uh, who chimed in. He says, so I'll own up to it and say I didn't get on with the EGA version of this because the screen was so cluttered. It was difficult to see what was going on a lot of the time. I switched to the HD remaster, which we mentioned on Steam, which retains all the game's playability while adding slightly smoother visuals. Monster Bash is one of those games where I would have totally loved this back in the day, and almost and I'm and I am almost disappointed. I'm only learning about this now. This is not a game for dashing around. This is a careful tippy-toe exploration game. Not so much a run-and-gun, more a creep and catapult game. Monster Bash is an excellent but slightly flawed platform exploration puzzle game that would not have been out of place on a console. There is lots of humor, varying gameplay mechanics, and the whole thing oozes Halloween cheesiness. It is great. It is a little glitchy here and there. The only real thing that lets this one down are the cheap tricks where you take damage because you don't know the map. Using look up and look down helps, but it isn't a fail-safe solution. I, all, I only almost made it to the end of episode one in my, boy, I got further than me, in my playthrough, and I really hope to get back to it at some point. Play the HD remaster for the better experience, but do go and play it 9 out of 10. So actually, maybe yeah. that might be the way to go. I didn't see what this was going for on Steam, 
Uh, but uh, that might be the way to go on this one because maybe they've also worked out the issue with the with the controls, which again that was what really. And the thing is, I just to be on the safe side. I'm telling you, man, multiple, the controls was you. I tried multiple controllers, and it, it was no good. I'm just telling you, it didn't work well for me. I don't want to tell you. You didn't use the controller. Use the keyboard. It's different. That's all I can say. Well, that's what I'm saying. Just use keyboard. Well, uh, this I, is going for a fiver on Steam. There you go. Five bucks. Probably worth your. Uh, Halloween buck, and I, this is a little bit gory, but I think you can get your kid uh, of a certain oh, age. Oh, yeah, no, this, this is kid-friendly. It, it's very cartoony. I mean, well, I, eh, it's not cartoony I will violence, say, at the very it's... beginning of this in the credits, there's a great bit where the zombie shoots out and pukes up the name of the design, which yeah. <laughs> I, did th I did find that highly amusing. Yeah, I'm not panning this. I think if you get your controls lined out... Uh, I mean, it's got problems of that era, but overall, I call it a a, a pretty big uh, winner. You know what yeah. else I call? Now this is definitely something, guys. You you should go and, and play and give a look. You know what else I call a pretty big winner? Uh, the Brent. And I'm gonna is, assume me. No, absolutely not. But it is. Bam, our good buddy Frank over at Richard Rewind. Frank and Jason and all the gang at Richard Rewind. Listen. Do you have a classic Commodore computer sitting around the house? Do you have a classic TRS-80 color computer 2, 3, 1, any of those? If you do, then you need to head on over to RetroRewind.ca. Why? Well, I'll tell you why. You can augment these computers with incredible peripherals that will make them 10 times more fun and 20 times more usable. Do you need accelerator card for your Amiga 600? They've got them at RetroRewind.ca. Do you need an SDC, SD card solution for your Commodore 64 or a TRS-80 card computer? He's got Or them. even your Coco. Bam. That is the TRS-80 card computer, you knucklehead. Oh, oh, I thought you just said Com or Commodore you're, 64. You're a doofus. Sorry. <laughs> See, my God, if Frank could sell me something to upgrade Brent, we'd be laughing. This guy's falling into disrepair. He needs his caps changed big time. Speaking of changing your caps... Are you the kind of person that gets in there and changes caps out yourself? Hey, beautiful, Frank's got you covered because he sells cap kits for all these systems and they're top quality caps. None of this run-of-the-mill garbage you get in a lot of places. You can trust the stuff he sells. Look into the people that use his stuff. People like Chris Edwards, people like Tinmark uses servers, big-time players. These guys aren't like me and Boat where they don't fool with hardware. These guys are into it, into it big time. Frank takes care of it, Brent. That's Frank at RetroRewind.ca. Top shelf service and top shelf parts for your classic Commodore and Coco machines. Bam! If your system's been bashed, send it to Frank. I thought you were going to rob something. So it's more like if your system has been bashed, send it to Frank and send some cash. There you go. So, with all that said, it's wheel time. Now, last week we actually picked the Retro Rewind piece as our piece. So this week I've added chat choice the dreaded chat choice so people in chat be ready if this comes up on the wheel it's gonna be your responsibility to take care of us and give us something good that the people love are you ready for the big uh spin the brent yeah but i know you're gonna disappoint me. here we go a beautiful massive manly spin by me it's already done and the winner is europe only releases Europe only releases. This is a request from our own good pal, Super Tech Boy. Brent, do you want to set any ground rules for this one? Hmm. 
European only releases. Now we did a European only release, believe it or not, believe it. We, I don't know if we ever did. It. I know we. I recall doing a game for the 32x uh, that was a European only release. I don't think that was the category. So this probably is the first time we've done this. I don't think we should. I think we should just leave it wide open. Okay, just wide open. That's what I think we should do. So that's what we're gonna get into uh, for sure uh, next week uh, at. We normally will film on Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're a little bit late this week because the Brent's been sick. Now, a little bit of housekeeping before we go, the Brent. Of course, you know, uh, <laughs> Halloween is upon us. And just a f- yes. in, in fact, as we record this, uh, it's only a few days until Halloween. And you know what happens on the Amigos Retro Game channel when Halloween comes around. It's a little thing I like to call... You're going to take off your mask and show us your true form? No, you don't want that. It's too horrific. But, supplementary, slightly less horrific is conversations from the dark side. I hope anyone within the realm of my of my voice will join us Friday night. That's Friday night, which is this Friday as we record this. Uh, it'll be the 28th of October... Friday night, come over to the Amigos Retro Gaming Twitch channel, which you're watching this right now if you're watching us live, and we will be uh, bringing to you the scary, the horrific conversation of the dark side with myself, along with everyone's favorite spooktacular host, Rob Flack O'Hara, and we're going to be presenting you with your stories, your horrific tales. Uh, it should be a lot of fun, Brent. I'm looking forward to it. Just doing it once a year, once a year, Brent, for this uh, spectacular event. What do you think about conversations from the dark side? You going to hop in there with a tale? I am going to try to uh, accompany you in your spiritual, spooky journey. Yes. Oh, beautiful! Very good. So, please join us uh, for that again. That will be Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, I also want to bill. I don't do this at all, but I'm going to plug this as well. Directly following conversations of the dark side, uh, we will be playing. Uh, Vampire on the Team Speaker Regulars uh, Twitch channel, uh, hosted by the Team Speaker Regulars. Their uh, uh, Twitch address is the Team Speaker Regulars, all one word. And I will be raiding that channel directly after Conversations from the Dark Side. The Vampire game, which is the role playing game Vampire, live streamed, will start at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, directly after Conversations from the Dark Side. I'm going to go a couple more hours of Vampire, but after we get done with Conversations, because you know I'm going to get in on that. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. So if you're into role-playing online or just watching a bunch of goofs act stupid, whatever you like, this is the right channel for you. It should be a lot of fun. That'll be directly after Conversation of the Dark Side. I guess since I'm doing everything in reverse order, also join us for Amigos Friday night. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, we're looking at uh, a, a CD-based Amiga title. That should be a lot of fun. Ooh. I've been playing it this week, and we'll be talking about that. That'll be kicking off the usual 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So you've got 5 p.m. Amigos, 8 p.m. Conversation of the Dark Side, and then 10 p.m. the TSI, Team Speaker Regulars, Vampire Role-Playing Game. All for Halloween. Halloween. It should be a lot of fun. Anything to add, The Brent? I believe that is all. Aaron, do you realize that you will be on the screen in living color Friday, Saturday, Sunday of this week? Doing it all, doing it all. What am I doing on Saturday? Oh, yeah, we are doing something on Saturday. I forgot about that. You're right. Monday. I won't be on there Monday. 
Unless I, I do something. Oh, okay, good. That's trick or treat. That's where I'm taking the boy out. The boy got one of those costumes where you're an alien that's kidnapping the kid. That stick, you know. I like those. All right, we're out of here. Everybody, uh, have a joyous Halloween. If you if you don't catch us live Sunday, we'll be here one more time for Halloween. So we'll get to give them a full Halloween love. Until next time, be careful where you put that token. No good. Adios, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. A special thank you to Death and Styles for our vector style graphics and Bartbit for our amazing music. Would you like to help keep ARG spinning? You can do so at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fine folks. Dryerlet 17, Laron Garut, Templar Mar, Z9K9, Jerry Dennington, John Dykeman, Retroalogy, Airshack, Texas Foosballer, Sundown, O-Rom, Super Tech Boy, David Terrence, Mr. B, Roushy, Ram, W. Betke, Dave, Velociraptor, Bernhardt Lucas, Steve Rathmussen, Anthony Jarvis, Bitter Blitter, Pajaco 6502, Kevin Bean, Andy Jones, Andy Craig, Rob Flack O'Hara, Jason Warns, Mitsuyama, Chris Foles, Frodo NL, The Slow Norris, Terry Howard, Olaf Hope, and Rolo. They all have access to our Discord channel, their name called out in the credits, and visualized in the ending scene. Have an idea for a wheel piece? You can send it to us at argpresents at mail.com.